Good morning. Uh, Today we're continuing our Resurrection Power series, this series that's following up uh, Easter during the Easter season, where we are focusing on the power of the resurrection of Jesus and what that means for us as we live in him. It's a series that's a follow-up to the previous one we did during Lent, a lifestyle of grace. And in a way, we, we consider it a companion series, two sides of the same coin. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 provides a great picture for us of what we've been trying to do through this lifestyle of grace and resurrection power series. Verse 8 through 9 say this, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. It's a great summary of the Lifestyle of Grace series. And moving on, Ephesians 2.10 is a great summary of the Resurrection Power series that we're in right now. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're saved by God's grace and saved for God's purpose. Today we are looking at the purpose and power of God at work in his church. And as we get into it today, I'm excited to revisit my pet project as a preacher. This will happen often. Uh, Perhaps you know, I love to deal with church words. I even made a slide for it. You're going to see this slide fairly often in my preaching. Uh, Church words are words that we use in a Christian setting or in broader Christian culture uh, that we often know how to use in a sentence, but if you had to sit down and write a dictionary definition, you might have a hard time doing so. And I actually have to admit that I'm embarrassed that I haven't gotten to this one yet. It probably should have been the first because it is the churchiest church word of all. That word is... Church. Church is a church word. So what is it? It's the community of Christ followers who find their identity and purpose in him. It's the people who have been saved and claimed by Christ, baptized into his family and made citizens and ambassadors of the kingdom of God. The church is the people. It's not the building. We don't go to church. It's not even these, these worship services. And yet I find it easy to default into that kind of uh, geographical language. When I get ready to go to work on a Wednesday morning, I'll tell my kids, all right, I'm going to church. I guess I'm sending mixed messages. But the reality is that the church is not a place. The church is us. And if this sanctuary were gone next Sunday and we were still here, we would not be any less the church than we are today. And in Jesus' church, everyone is filled with, the, filled with and gifted by God's Holy Spirit. Each and every one of us was created with a purpose to have a life of meaning and significance. 
Our first Peter chapter 2 text says that we are a royal priesthood set apart by God for the purpose of declaring his praise. And I love how the New Living Translation words this verse. It says, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Each and every one of us is called and empowered to a life of purpose to show the goodness of God to others. And I, I think this may come as a shock to some of you and completely unsurprising to others, but did you know that in the church, Pastor Jim and I are not special? We're not special. Your pastors are not on some other tier. There is no two-tier system in the church where there are a group of people who are the producers and everyone else is a consumer. That is not how God empowers his church. Rather, as a priesthood of all believers, the work of the church is not by the pastors for you, but it is by us for the world. And that's the big idea I hope you hear today. That God works through all of us for his purpose and by his power for the sake of the world. And as members of the body of Christ here at St. Timothy's, Pastor Jim and I want you to know that we do not consider you consumers of products that we produce. We are partners in ministry, the ministry that God calls us to as a congregation, to use our gifts to represent Christ in the Silicon Valley, in our homes, neighborhoods, workplaces, and schools, to make disciples of Jesus, to show the goodness of God, the God who called us out of the darkness and into his glorious light. Now, our text from Acts today it gives us a great snapshot of how the church thrives when people use their unique gifts and work in the power of the Holy Spirit to do God's purpose. Now in Acts, as the church began to grow following the day of Pentecost, there arose a need, a bit of a growing pain for the church. They needed people of wisdom and fairness to oversee the distribution of food to widows because people were being overlooked on the basis of their cultural background. And in response to this need, the answer wasn't, we should ask the pastor to do it. The question they asked, rather, was how has God equipped us to handle this. They identify people within the community with unique gifts for this specific ministry opportunity and then they charge them with it. And as God's people use their gifts to take care of the poor and marginalized and proclaim the good news of Jesus, people come to faith and the church grows. The church thrives when we all use our gifts to serve God and others. And so that's the question for us today. What kind of purpose, what kind of ministry, what good works does God have in store for your life? 
How can he work in and through your life, through our lives together, to make a difference in this world? And how can you know? There are a few ways that we see in our Acts text today. And the first is this. Do you see any unmet needs around you? In that early church, they looked around and they saw that within their own ranks there was a discrepancy of justice. The Greek-speaking widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food uh, in favor of the Jewish or the Hebrew-speaking widows. For us, we ask the question, what are the unmet needs around us? How do we see uh, opportunities to serve uh, where there is a need? You look around you. You can talk about it in your grow groups. You can talk about it with your family or your close Christian friends. Do you see any unmet needs in the church or in the world around you, in the community beyond the church? There's the next question. You can ask, how has God gifted you? The early church needed people who were respected in the community and were wise. People who were filled with the Holy Spirit to navigate a touchy issue. So how has God gifted you? And how might you put those gifts to use for his kingdom and for his glory? And lastly, you can ask others. Because discernment is not a solo effort. And sometimes our brothers and sisters in Christ see things in ourselves that we don't see ourselves. Now, I don't know how many of you know this, but I had never in my life considered going into full-time ministry until one of the St. Tim's members, who was my small group leader in high school, asked me if I had. Never considered it until Don Thompson said, Joe, have you considered going into ministry? Other people can speak into our lives and help us see the things that sometimes we don't see in ourselves. So ask others what gifts they see in you. Ask others to pray for you and with you as you consider how God can and will work through you to make an impact in the church and in the world beyond the church. In all of that, whatever you do, remember that you do not do it alone. And you don't do it by your own power or your own strength. It's the Spirit of God, alive and active, at work in the church that does it. You see, whatever God calls you to, he will equip you for. And the truth is that God very often calls us to things that are outside of our comfort zone. You know, if no one ever left their comfort zone in this world, nothing would ever change. 
But God is in the business of calling people out of their comfort zone to step out of the boat and onto the waters, out of Egypt and into the wilderness, away from their father's house and towards the promised land. He's in the business of calling people out of their comfort zone and into something more, something greater. And so perhaps something being out of your comfort zone It's just an opportunity to trust God, step out in faith, and see his mighty hand at work in your life. As I close today, I want to leave you with one final thought, one last encouragement. As you lean into God's purpose for your life, as you serve him, as you serve the church, and as you love the world beyond the church. Ask for the boldness, the confidence, and the wisdom to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. Because the call of the church is not to be a group of people who just do nice things. We're here, in, we're here to show and tell the world that there is new life, abundant life, and eternal life offered as the free gift of God to all who put their faith in Jesus Christ, the one who conquered death. I find it interesting in Acts that Stephen was chosen for the ministry of food distribution to widows. And yet the next thing we see happen is that he is out proclaiming and preaching the name of Jesus. Church, as we serve others and use our gifts, do not be shy about speaking the name of Jesus. In Acts, it wasn't the kindness of the church that transformed lives. It was the resurrected Christ. And as we live into God's purpose, for us as individuals and as St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in San Jose, California. I believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will see the same happen here today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you pour out your Holy Spirit on your people, and you say that you will work in and through us to do even greater things. And so, Lord, give us confidence to trust that the same power that resurrected Christ from the dead is alive and at work in us and among us. And so, Lord, let us not fall into the folly of low expectations. Lord, because you are a God of power, a God of might, a God of love. And you said that as we are obedient to you as we trust in you. Your spirit works through us to draw others to you and to proclaim your glory. Lord, thank you for making us your family, your children, and your church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please stand.